Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Happy Christmas to our beautiful HCC family. It's wonderful to be spending a little bit of time with you this morning. And um, as Stephen said, especially to have his family from Johannesburg and John Ernashenka from Cape Town. There's all family. So sorry for you that we're sitting here. There was great activity as it was a little bit of a, a reunion there. And it was just, yeah, it's always lovely. That's what Christmas is about, eh? Just family, friends, recoup, recover, eat. That's what Christmas is about. But it's also about a lot more than that. It's about a lot more than that, and we all know that, hey? Jan? Okay, so just to start off with, I just thought an interesting fact is who has an aversion to the word Xmas? Who? Do you know why I've always had an aversion to it until our beautiful lady Anne from the United Kingdom spoke on it? Do you know that X... What does it look like? It's a cross. It comes from the first um, Roman letter X. is a symbol for the letter chi, C-H-I, and Christos. So basically, Alexander, when he used to go to war, do you know all them? They used to have their banners representing the house of this and the house of that. If they were an eagle or a wolf or whatever they were, they would have that on their banner And Alexander put the X because that was, I am of the house of the Lord. So you don't have to worry when you see an X anymore. It's not like it's a no-name X. I don't know how to write. Okay, it is actually Christmas. wasn't Alexander, it was Constantine. Okay. (laughs) Christmas is such a busy time for me. It really is. And I mean, on the 15th of December... I was driving around with Logan in my car, and I was lamenting. I haven't done my Christmas decorations in my home yet. Stephen then said, give it a miss, have Christmas without a Christmas tree. Logan shouted up, he said, there is no such thing as Christmas without a Christmas tree. He proceeded to go into the storage room where the tree is and the decorations And he decorated my tree for me extravagantly with everything he could lay his hands on. He then proceeded to do little, you know, these little silver Christmas flakes that gently come down. He actually put them on my windows, but it was like there had been a tornado or a blizzard or something. So I said to him, you know, Logie, you're supposed to do them coming down gently. He said, come on, let's get creative. (laughs) So that was my sumter. I did not, I kid you not, do one Christmas decoration. I had a nine-year-old decorate my home for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> and in the UK, as they say, bless him. <laughs> you know, the other thing that I was thinking with Christmas, I was thinking, I wish I was a traditional African. And then I could have KFC and Coke for Christmas lunch. But no, I've got to be British in my ways. Here we are in South Africa, an incredibly hot country, and we are in the kitchen cooking ourselves. 
That's how hot you get. I mean, like, whereas if you're in the UK and you're doing a Christmas lunch, it's comfy, it's cozy, it's warm, and everybody wants to be in the kitchen with you. Yeah, everybody comes to the kitchen and they peep and they say, oh, I'm out of here, because it's like a sauna. So I was thinking, are we mad? We should just go get KFC and cook. You know, we live in Africa now. So, <laughs> okay. I don't want to go on and on because I know your turkeys and all your things are in the oven. Slowly cooking, Dave. Who has an angel on their Christmas tree or anywhere in their home, an ornamental angel? You do? <laughs> Mommy, get her an angel. You're the angel, okay? It's because you're the angel. Now, you know what I was amazed about? Like, we all know that angels sometimes are a mythical, fantastical, almost like relegated to the realms of fairies and gnomes and owls, creatures, okay? A lot of people, when you think of an angel, you put them into that category. And there's a lot of people here that don't believe in angels, and yet you'll have this little ornament of an angel in your home. I mean, I wouldn't have ornaments of things I didn't really believe in in my home unless I was mythical and fantastical. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you've never met Shaka Zulu, but historically you know everything about him. So you think he's real, don't you? You've never met an angel or your angel. Most of us haven't. And when you read the Bible and it speaks about your angels, it's a historical fact. And yet we just relegate it to the realm of fantasy. So this year, I wanted to speak about the Christmas angels, the angels of Christmas. And I want us to get a perspective, not of Christmas from the earthly realm, cooking turkeys and gammons and handing out presents and um, putting up Christmas trees, but from, the, from heaven's perspective, how do you think Christmas looks from heaven's perspective? Do they get excited, the angels? Or what do you think is in heaven? What happens? Why, why is heaven actually involved in Christmas? The Bible speaks so clearly about the heavenlies and Christmas merging. And that's why I think it's such an important, you know, holiday. It's just like, you know, when um, a country has a really special day or a victorious event or whatever, they declare it a public holiday for the rest of the countries ongoingly. You know, like Nelson Mandela Day, because he made such an impact on history. Or this day, Thanksgiving was because... I don't know, somewhere in America somebody surrendered so the Americans were now okay and they could now own their own country. I think maybe it was Britain stepped out of them. I'm not quite sure about all the history. There. But his history lends itself to public holidays. And what I want to say is the history of the world changed 20, 20 years ago. And isn't it amazing that across all religions, races, so today is a public holiday. If you go to Dubai, it'll be a holiday. They will have Christmas trees up. They don't believe in Jesus, but it's a holiday. It's a public holiday all around the world today. I mean, isn't it incredible?
incredible. They don't even know what they're celebrating, but they're celebrating a historical event. Okay, so let's have a look now. What does God call angels? Do you know there's 230 mentions of angels in the, in the Bible? 35 are in the New Testament. Most of those angels in the New Testament were involved in keeping the church together and making sure that the church didn't fizzle out and die. They were very involved in getting it active. So let's see how involved the angels are with Christmas. Okay, so God calls his angels ministers, messengers of light, servants, holy, and angels of the presence of the Lord. Do you know that there are angels that come into our midst to release the presence of God? They carry the presence of the Lord. There are angels that are here to serve you. There are angels that bring light. They're ministers of light. They bring revelation. There's just so many. I mean, like that was just a handful that I, put, uh, I wrote down. But, you know, we relegate them to the realm of cherubs and Valentine's Day cards. And we don't actually realize the full impact of having angels in our lives. So we've just got to take a look of exactly what happened in heaven 2,020 years ago. And because of that, I want to start at the really, really at the beginning. 6,000 years prior to the birth of Christ, there was a man called Adam and a woman called Eve, but we'll leave it out of the picture because women are all good, men are all bad. So, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> anyway, him and his wife were evicted from their beautiful home in heaven. I don't believe it was just a garden that they lived in. That sounds pretty like, like living in a shanty at the bottom of something. I believe they had a beautiful, beautiful home in heaven. But because they basically said, no, you know, God is lying to us, they were evicted and they came and they had to set up home on planet Earth. And here they weren't these mystical, fantastical, beautiful mansions. Here they had to work and build their very own homes, which is quite horrible if you think of what they came out of. So anyway, when that happened, when they were evicted, straight away God put a plan into motion. That plan was Jesus. They must have sat down as the Godhead, included all the angels and said, okay, how are we going to solve this problem? Francis, no yawning? <laughs> so let's call these angels the event planners for the birth of Jesus. I mean, so it took 6,000 years to prepare this event. I'd, how long does it take to prepare a wedding? Maybe six months, max, from beginning to end? Can you imagine 6,000 years of putting an event together? And the title of the event was, How Do We Get God to Become a Man? How do we get God to bring back to these people what was in heaven and was taken away from them. So that's the angel's job. How do we do this? How do we preserve it? So straight away there was a promise of the seed that would come, that would crush Satan beneath, his, beneath our feet. And, you know, the Bible says it will strike your heel, you'll crush your feet. There was this promise of a seed that was going to come. And that seed that they're speaking about was the seed of Jesus. So just keep that all in mind. So their whole thing was, how is God going to become a man? 
Now, when I was in the UK this last time, I had a little bit of an angel awakening. Those that were here when I spoke on angels. And um, I just realized angels are voice activated. And they respond to our prayers, to our cries, and our commands. Whereas the Bible, actually, this I said to Steve the other day, it's, the Bible says the children's access, angels have constant access to the presence of God because they're not activating them. Isn't that amazing? They don't really know how to pray yet. So their angels are constantly in the presence of God, coming and going and watching out for your kids. Don't you get special? Anyway. When I was in the United Kingdom, I stood in a long line, just for those that don't know, flying back on Emirates, and all of a sudden, I just thought, huh, I'm going to ask angels. So I said, Father, in Jesus' name, out loud, everybody's talking around me, I just asked that angels would go ahead of me, and then I'd get upgrades and be blessed, and da-da-da-da-da, and I just released it into the natural realm. And we... We all know when I got to the front of the row, I'd been upgraded to business class. So I came back to South Africa like the queen bee, you know, pretending I was Lady Da. <laughs> but anyway, you know, there was just this whole awakening. And, you know, Carrie knows about it, and she was saying to me the other day, she was in a house that they were robbed, where she was tied up and bound, both her and her boyfriend. And there were five guys there. She, I think she got a slap across her face because... She dared to look up to see what they were doing. And she said, all, now they're house-sitting the same house again. And she said, all of a sudden, the one night, Logan was in the lounge. She was in. She just got this spirit of fear came upon her. Like, what am I doing here? And she said, just then, I, I'm not quite sure. She just all of a sudden saw like, like, she started praying, okay? That's how you activate angels. Started praying. And she saw like this, like the northern lights, just coming over the home. And then when she looked clo closer, oh, it was inside, and then it went on the outside. And it was just, as she looked closer, she just saw angels all over the house. And then she saw people with bad intentions walking towards the home and turning around and walking back because, because of the angelic presence that was over the home. And she sent that to me. She said, please, please, won't you paint this for me? Okay. First angel of Christmas, because I want you to get home in time for lunch, is Zach. I just want you, I want you just to get a revelation of how busy the angels are on our behalf, on the behalf of God, on behalf of the heavens, okay? That's what I want, is I don't want you to think you're alone. You, your Bible is so full of angels, even those Christmas carols you're singing, that the heaven and angels sing, and that the angels say, and we sing these songs, and we don't actually even believe the angels are singing with us. Okay, first angel is to Zechariah and Elizabeth all around Christmas. Okay, Zechariah. Oh, sorry. I have got to get used to this. Have I put it all? Aha. Basically, this angel comes to Zechariah and he goes to Elizabeth and he says to them they're going to have a baby. The child is to be called John. By the way, the family were very upset about that because there'd been nobody called John in their family before. So where the heck did you get this name from? So this guy was going to be called John, and he was to prepare the way for the Lord. And you might think it's a little bit silly, Jesus having somebody prepare the way. He was God. Surely things would have just happened. But do you know, there's no multimedia. There was no Instagram. 
There was no WhatsApp. There was no TV. There was nothing. Something had to prepare the way. And basically, just with John going ahead, he opened hearts. Do you know that there is a way prepared for you? And the angels take you on that road so that your heart can open. And when you begin to pray, angels are activated. They are preparing your heart to receive Jesus Christ. If you've never received Jesus Christ, your heart is in a preparation to become the home for Jesus. And John came and he prepared the way so that Jesus would be accepted. So it was just part of the plan that heaven put into being 6,000 years before. Okay, how are we going to get these people to accept this okey pokey? They don't know he's God. Let's, Let's send a messenger. Let's send a voice that will be able to proclaim. So then we've got angel number two. And this is the angel... He's got a name. His name is Gabriel, and he introduces himself to Mary. She was afraid. The angel says, don't be afraid. I am Gabriel, and you have been chosen to give birth to the Christ, the King, Emmanuel, God with us. And she goes, oh, I've never had sex. How can that be? And the angel says, don't worry, The Spirit of God is going to come over you and you will become pregnant. Now you know why I wasn't born then and chosen to be Mary. Because if I was born, I would have told the angel to foot sack. Is that a bad word in Afrikaans? No, I don't think so. That's a foot and a sack. Okay. (laughs) So, but now, I want to ask you, do you know why Mary was so accepting? When, this angel, when the angel Gabriel came to and said, you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Ghost? Do you know why she just accepted it? Everybody goes, oh, Mary's so sweet. She said, oh, you're so appeared unto me. No, I don't think it was that at all. She knew the Torah. She had been raised in a nice Jewish home. She knew that there was a seed that was going to come to earth and redeem men and women. Plus, when the angel said his name is going to be Emmanuel, God with you, she was excited. Because wherever you read in the Old Testament, when somebody prospered and was doing well, there was, a, there was a declaration, oh, God is with them. So when she heard God was going to be with her, she was, hey, hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm going to prosper. And do you know that for today, Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, God with you, is with you. In the same way that the Spirit of God came over Mary, made her pregnant, the Spirit of God comes over you and you conceive Jesus Christ in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind. The same Spirit that did that to Mary is doing that to us today. And he's sending angels. The Bible said there are ministering angels to those that are to be heirs of salvation. They are preparing you for some fantastical, unreal experience with Jesus Christ. And that's what they did there. Gabriel was preparing Mary and saying, come on, you are going to have this unbelievable experience. But not only that, when God is with you, you are going to prosper. And then once again, she knew about the seed that had been promised right at the beginning that was going to come and redeem Israel. So she would have been excited. Whereas I would have told the angel to get lost. She was so excited 
because she knew this had been spoken about in her home, in her family, in the, in the synagogue for many, many years. Okay. So then we get Joseph. He sees the next angel. How many? There's so many angels. Hey? So this is angel number three. You can just see, okay, when they were doing their planning 6,000 years ago. Gabriel's the best for that. This angel's the best for that. This one. Now this angel speaks to you while you sleep. <laughs> Typical man, eh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to do that. I don't hate men. I promise you I don't hate men. I'm just teasing. Okay. So let's call this angel a directional angel. So here you see Joseph. He's Mary's fiance. They've been betrothed since day one, day dot. He finds out Mary's pregnant. I don't know who told him, but he knows now Mary's pregnant. So you must imagine, he must have been very upset, unless he was made of stone. He was probably crying. And he was saying, God, what am I going to do? My fiance is pregnant and not by me. And the Bible says that he was planning a way of getting out of the marriage, but not so that Mary would die, because in those days she would have been killed. So he was trying to think, how can I get out of this dilemma? Anyway, he's lying on his bed thinking, thinking, you know how you think when these kind of things happen to you and you lose somebody you love or somebody breaks up with you, it sends you to your bed and you lie then you think. And an angel appears to Joseph and says to Joseph, no, I want you to marry Mary and because she's pregnant by God and you'll be the father along with Mary of the Messiah, of Emmanuel, God with us. And the Bible says when he woke up, he knew what he had to do. Now, do you know, today, the Bible says in the book of Job, as we lie upon our bed at night, we will dream, we will be warned, we will be shown the way to go. Those angels have still not stopped working in our lives. However, we have chosen to ignore them. If I was Joseph, I probably would have told Mary to... Get lost and find myself a nice little Christian, well, Jewish bride, a nice little virgin. But Joseph obeys his angel. So, God directs our every footstep. Angel number four. Okay, let's see if that one, let's go back. Okay, I don't think I wrote that. Bear, be good for mom. Okay. No, shh, shh, shh. I'm talking. Okay. Angel number four. This is my make-believe angel that I imagine was at work. This angel goes to Herod and says to Herod, have a census. Do you know what a census is? It's like you're having to do your tax returns. But they couldn't email it and they couldn't do it any other way. They had to physically go to the place to do their tax returns. That's what a census is. Can you imagine having to do your tax returns like a week before Christmas? Everybody would be in turmoil. But it wasn't called Christmas then, so we can relax. So here they get like, you're all coming to Bethlehem, and you're going to be doing your tax returns. Now at this stage, Mary would have been 39 weeks pregnant. Anybody who's been 39 weeks pregnant knows how it feels to be 39 weeks pregnant. It's probably one of the worst times. You're first at the beginning, and you just want that baby out of you. It's like becoming heavy and you're walking like you've got a watermelon between your legs. It's uncomfortable. Okay, 
So can you imagine when Joseph went to Mary and said, sorry, darling, we've got to go for a census in Jerusalem, Bethlehem. She must have said, you're kidding me. You're mad. I'm having this baby any day now. She, she wouldn't have just done it willingly. So he probably said to her, well, we'll get you a donkey and you can ride a donkey. Then you can put, kick your heels in all the way there. You have to go. But I was just thinking about the timing, just the timing of it. If she had been two weeks before her pregnancy, or if she had just been on one week later, she wouldn't have had Jesus in Bethlehem. If Herod hadn't decided to have a census, the prophetic word of he will come from Bethlehem wouldn't have happened. Do you know that God's timing is perfect in every way of where he wants you to be? And you think it's Herod who's told you to be there at that time. God will even use unbelievers to put you in the right place at the right time so he can open doors for you and fulfill the prophetic words over your lives. I mean, isn't that amazing? So, um, the Bible says that it took about a week to get to Bethlehem by foot, five to seven days. It probably took Mary and Joseph seven days because she would have had all those toilet stops. So, <laughs> you know, but God's timing is perfect. And I believe Herod got the idea of a census from an angel. There's no other ways he would have just all of a sudden have a census. Angel number five. This is so beautiful. These, these, let's call them angels number five because there's so many involved. And can we just quickly read that? Or can you see that writing? If you can't see it, you're sitting too far back and you shouldn't be. Okay. That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor. Before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. They represent, they carry the glory of God. The shepherds were terrified, but the angel reassured them, saying, don't be afraid. 99% of the time, when angels appear, they have to tell you not to be afraid. That's why the Bible says if we will be entertaining angels unaware, God often has to use them in the human form so that we're not running away from what God intends to do in our lives. There was a little story about an angel, I believe, in Rain's life, wherever he's gone. They always disappear and they use the kids as an excuse. But I, I like going and pop shopping at China Mall at the Point Road. And uh, I was inside, I, I call it safe inside, but you know, obviously you don't want to walk around in the, in the streets there. But not old Rain Pam, my, my beautiful boy, he decides to go and have a smoke outside the front of the China Mall. So he goes down the stairs into those horrible Dodge streets. If anybody's been there, you know what I'm talking about. Lights a cigarette. So within a few minutes, one guy comes up to him and hits him like this with his... He says, hey, give me one. Like a cigarette. So Rain like, takes a cigarette out and gives it... Next thing, there's about four or five guys gathered around him and they're pushing him. Give me one. No, no, give us your money. Uh, they, they, they're like hustling him, you know? And Rain's going, oh, I don't have money. You know how we always don't have money all of a sudden, but we don't have money. <laughs> and, um, but he was just, he said, surrounded by these guys and like fear was on him. 
And next thing, he says, this big Nigerian guy, huge, double everybody's size, came, and he came into the crowd, and he pushed the guys away. He said, leave him alone, he's with me. And he put his arm around Rain and walked him back into the mall. I mean, I believe that he had an experience with an angel. Just out like that, boom. And I think often we don't really even know. So let's carry on reading. For I have come to bring you good news. If you're having bad news every day in your life, you're not living what happened at Christmas 2020 years ago. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere, that's you and me. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer, God wants to rescue you from every situation, was born for you. He is the Lord. Yahweh, just tell me when I've got to change pages. The Messiah, Emmanuel, that's who he is. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of clothing, lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once, the angels that have been preparing this event for 6,000 years said, I don't want to be left out. A vast cloud or army of the heaven, they all appeared and they're all praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of earth, of heaven, for there is peace and good hope to all the sons of men. I mean, like, they were so excited they had to make themselves a part of this event. Hey, we've worked on this for such a long time. Come on, guys, this is so exciting. Do you know that the Bible says today that when you become born again, when you give your life to Jesus, those angels begin to dance and rejoice. Just the same as when Jesus was born, they began to party and rejoice. Today, when we are born again, they party and they rejoice. And they say today to you, good news has come, peace and joy. No longer do you have to live in your own strength. And that is Christmas from heaven's perspective. When Jesus came and when you received Jesus... Then the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Is this? Okay, still on. Let's go, let's hurry and find this word. This is the Passion Translation, already calling Jesus Christ the Word of God, that is born in Bethlehem, and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they ran into the village, they found their way to Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying on a bed in a trough. And the Bible says, as they told the story to everybody, people were astonished. Let me tell you, if you tell people here today, I saw an angel last night, and this angel said this, that, or the other, they will be astonished. Why? It's because we really don't believe that they are active on our behalf. And that's something I want to change. It's like, let's get out of the natural, guys. Let's get out of this, what I see, hear, feel, taste. It's like into the spirit. You know, you can actually close your eyes right now. And you can see yourself in your most favorite car or or mode of transport, if it's a fighter jet or whatever. You can do that. And yet you cannot see yourself surrounded by God's angels. Because it's too unnatural. But it happens in the eyes of your heart, in the eyes of your imagination. The same thing that you used to imagine yourself in 
is what is happening in heaven. So let's just quickly go into angels 6 and 7, and then we are finished. These are the angels after Jesus was born. The angels come and they tell Joseph to take Jesus to Egypt because his life is at stake. If it had happened today and not then, they would have asked for two or three witnesses. They would have had the counseling for two, three, four, five months. And by the time they decided to go into Egypt, Jesus would have been dead. So that's why he was born so many years ago. And then you know that once again, the angel comes to, G- to um, Joseph and says, take Jesus back to Nazareth. And he had to go back to Nazareth once again because it was a prophetic word that he would be a Nazarene. And do you know that the angels today are watching over prophetic words that have been given to you? But not only the prophetic words you've received, every promise that is in the Bible that is yours. It's your, and the angels are watching over that. They want to see it delivered and manifested in your lives, that you are set free, that you are prosperous, that you're not trapped in the area of sin. You know, like sin is such a big thing here for people, but God says it's so easy to just eradicate sin. And we just say, oh, but I've done this, I've done that. And then we believe, and then Jesus sets us free from our sin. And if God can set you free from sin, he can set you free from so many more things than just that. So, our promises today. Emmanuel, God is with you. When God is with you, you will? Say, I want to hear it. You'll have peace and joy, but most of all, you will? Prosper means peace, joy, finances, health, wealth, everything. That's what prosperity is. And if all those needs are being met in your life, you are prospering. Some of us want more, and yes, you can work and strive for more, but if you have all of those needs met, you are prospering. The gift that you've got today as well is what the word that Norma brought, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. 6,000 years ago when man was separated from God, God said, I love them so much. What can I do so that they can never be separated from me again? And the Bible says, for God so loved you and you and you that he sent himself in the form of Jesus Christ so that you could be saved and not die. That's what the message of Christmas is about. That is what the angels were excited about. Because here they had seen God's, the prime of God's creation evicted into the garden, into the world, into this fallen, horrible world. And all the angels could go with, no, no, let's work it. Let's help God get them back on track. That's, and that's why they get excited when you're born again. It's because you're getting back on track. You're walking back into the promises of God, back into the Garden of Eden, where you can live a life of good news and peace. So I wanted us to sing, and I'm sure we can, that song, Joy to the World, as we close. But I want us to think about the, the words. And I don't want you to say, Joy to the World, and never think about yourself. Allow the joy of God to become yours. And just before we do that, I want to ask if we could just hold hands with every person around you. Every person around you. Just link hands. 
we're going to pray. And then we're going to sing joy to the world, okay? And then we're going to go and say joy to our stomachs. Okay. I want you to just all pray out loud. And I want you to say, Father God, thank you that you never left us on earth to perish and to die, that you sent yourself in the form of your son, Jesus Christ, to come and forgive us, to take all my sin, to give me a brand new life. And today, Jesus, as you came to earth 2,020 years ago, I invite you to come into my life to be my good news, to bring be my joy, to be my prosperity, to be everything heaven intended you to be for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my Lord and that you are my Savior.